A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 436. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are talking about the new Avengers. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. We are back to Avengers land. One more time, looking at the new Avengers, which ran for a couple of years in 1976 and 1977, with a total of 26 episodes, about 50 minutes each broadcast on ITV and very much a sequel and sort of continuation of the original 1960s series, The Avengers, with the slightly surreal world of super spies and all sorts of wonderfully odd things with John Steed and with a couple of new assistants. Indeed, and more about those in just a moment, but we'll give our usual note that this is, of course, not to be confused with the Marvel comic book series, The Avengers, of which there are several brands or flavours of Avengers in comics now, Brian, including a new Avengers group. So not to be confused with that. Of course, there's something uh, over there called the new Avengers. You know, once you have one name duplication, why not have more? So let's get to the setup. You've mentioned, of course, Brian, John Steed, the super spy, the perfect British agent, defending the nation from a variety of threats, a bunch of villains, espionage of every flavour, and doing so as sort of like the head of a new team. And they are going to encounter, well, stuff that's quite familiar to us in a way from Avengers Land. That is the sort of spy-fi, sci-fi, super-spy stuff that we've, we recognise when we talked about this, particularly in the 1960s series. Yes, absolutely. We still have this sort of heightened version of the world, sometimes called Avengers Land, and we still have the comic sensibility, and John Steed still has has the bowler hat and the umbrella and his classic swagger that was so important to the Avengers. Yeah, we love a bit of John Steed and a wonderful costume that he wears or his, his clothes that he wears. Yeah, perfect stuff. So getting into the characters, as we've mentioned, John Steed, still played by Patrick McNee, is a classic British gentleman with, you know, immaculate tailoring, perfect suits, and the bowler hat and the wangy bamboo handled umbrella ready to get out of any dangerous situation. And he is sort of the leader of this team now with two younger agents there. Indeed so. So let's talk about the younger agents. I'll start with Mike Gambit, played by Gareth Hunt. Gambit is a crack marksman. He's an expert at all forms of martial arts, it seems. 
he brings a certain rough and tumble to the new Avengers and a certain rough charm that goes with it as well. He's definitely on hand for some of the more physical moments that their missions involve. Yes, and I think they did a little bit of a class contrast with him as compared to to Steed with Mike Gambit seeming a bit more working class. Purdy, played by Joanna Lumley, a former ballet dancer who has become an agent with lots of high-kicking combat and a sort of swagger of her own. And this was the role that made Joanna Lumley a household name in the UK. She did do the Bond thing in the other order. She had been in On Her Majesty's Secret Service as a Bond girl, but in a very small role. So she actually did Bond before the Avengers where it was sometimes the other way around. Yeah, certainly. We've talked about the sort of Bond-Avengers connection in the past and yeah, here she was in a very early role as the British girl in Blofeld's Mountain Top Hideout or Lair, I seem to remember right. That's right. Now, those are the three main characters, Steed, Gambit and Purdy. They are the sort of recurring characters, notably. There isn't a mother role in the new Avengers although at times John Steed seems to have taken on some of those duties that we remember, particularly the sort of leadership duties. Of course, we have to say, for any Avengers series, the guest cast is always spectacular. And with 26 episodes to talk about, there was a whole host of notable guest actors we're going to get to talk about a few of them in our next episode, Brian. But certainly, I mean, it's um, it's always an impressive cast when we talk about an Avengers series. Yes, all sorts of 1970s actors we know and love. So let's continue onwards in Avengers land. And as we often find with the Avengers, it sort of starts already with the team well established. The first episode, they're pretty much the established team of three we don't get a sort of origin story for the new team. They're used to working with each other. They already have a certain sort of witty backwards and forwards between the three characters. There's there's a certain amount of verbal sparring and they all seem to know each other and work together quite well. Yeah, and that really does fit into the Avengers style where a lot of the time you don't have introductions. You you go in and it's already an established group. And we have the constant threats and sort of flashy science fictional villains and, you know, quite flashy espionage type things. We have friends and enemies from Steed's past showing up quite a bit and lots of familiar science fiction themes, this time a little bit more rooted in the 70s rather than the 60s. Yeah, and when we talk about the Avengers, we usually do get to some of the science fiction that makes us, you know, put this on our roster and cover it on British Invaders. I mean, here I noted we've got mind control and mind transfers as a possibility in episodes. We have identical doubles. We've got, of course, some robots to talk about. The idea of suspended animation is in the very first episode. But later on, we're also going to encounter supercomputers Maybe some 70s themes with superhumans and gigantic, dangerous killer animals, I think, Brian, to bring it more into the 70s. Yeah, yeah, you certainly get into that kind of feel. And of course, it's all done in that slightly or even more than slightly exaggerated 
spectacular sort of surreal fashion that we've come to love about watching the Avengers and our trip right the way through the 60s and into the 70s. So it's that all that Avengers style. These are super spies who do things in a certain hyper-real way. Yeah, it's like heightened drama, but even beyond that, going to some quite out-there things, which can be quite fun as always. So let's pause now to go to our production notes. And as always with an Avengers series, there's quite a lot to talk about. We, of course, have worked our way through the David Keel episodes, the Kathy Gale years, the uh, Emma Peel years, and the Tara King years on previous episodes. The main Avengers series finished, of course, in 1969, which is where we left it, Brian. That's right. But in 1975, Patrick McNee and Linda Thorsten were asked to reprise their roles as Steed and Tara King in a champagne advertisement for French television, of all things. And that was was done. You can see it on, on YouTube. And Rudolph Raffi, a French television executive and fan of the original show, asked Brian Clemens, you know, showrunner, head writer, producer, why the series wasn't running anymore, only to find out that really it was about the financial backing. And Ruffy looked into things and a few weeks later called back and had secured some French and Canadian backing and asked, when can we do a new Avengers show? And, you know, we've mentioned in the past how well the Avengers translated to North American broadcasts. But we should also note, of course, it was hugely popular in Europe and obviously particularly in France, it would seem, Brian. Yeah, something that has, in some respects, a very... British kind of look to it transfers to other places very well. And do check out that rather fuzzy mid-1970s TV commercial on YouTube and you'll see Steed and Tara King up to a very sort of Avengers fight scene that culminates in them drinking the champagne that they're advertising, of course. The existing copy is pretty beat up and blurry but it's about a minute and it's worth looking at fun stuff so of course rudolph roffy has contacted brian clemens and says when can you start brian clemens gets together with producer associate from the avengers albert fennell and also with the music composer laurie johnson and they form the avengers tv production company which is going to start to put in a new series into production And of course, first order, I should imagine, first item on the agenda was, can we get Patrick McNee back as John Steed? Even though McNee, of course, later recounted and perhaps joked that when they first phoned him up and said, will you come back as John Steed in a new series? He thought they were joking. He thought they were playing a prank on him. That sounds like the most John Steed ever thing to me, (laughs) that when they asked him to come back, he thought it was a joke. Now, they were putting together, obviously you know the the cast patrick mcnear had said yes they needed of course a new avengers girl and they auditioned over 300 actresses and again if i talk about an anecdote that an actor has repeated several times since this series joanna lumley who recounts that she had to do some of the fighting and high kicking as part of her audition and has often joked that she literally had to fight for the part of Purdy. You know, I'm not surprised that she was chosen from a lot of people because she she really was right for 
that role. If you wanted to have someone who could be a sort of updated take on what they had achieved with Diana Rigg as Emma Peel, that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And her character was originally called Charlie, but this was changed because of a series of TV adverts for a popular perfume of that name. Then those were running in 1976. So according to legend, Lumley herself suggested Purdy because of the famous shotgun manufacturers and also from a friend of hers from her modeling days called Susie Purdy. Fascinating to think that's where the name came from. Yeah, all of these odd things coming up into this, yeah. And because Patrick McNee was 53 by this point, they felt they wanted a younger actor who could be there to do some of the fighting and some of the rough and tumble. This sort of mirrors some of what happened in the early days of Doctor Who, that they always wanted a younger actor to take on some of that. So in this case, they brought in Gareth Hunt to play Gambit. And it turned out that once the series started, McNee threw himself into the training and became somewhat slimmer and more athletic and was able to take on a little bit more in later episodes, although he was into things from the beginning too. But they were able to balance things out a bit by having this additional character Gambit there. Yes, indeed. And of course, if you've got Patrick McNee as John Steed, you need need those impeccable tailored suits by Pierre Cardin with the velvet collar on the jacket with the signature bowler hat and as you've mentioned Brian that bamboo handled umbrella we should mention again John Steed tends not to use a gun if he can avoid it he will often use the bowler hat the umbrella and his uh, fists and wits wherever he can. Yes, that was something gradually over the the course of the series he does use guns a little bit more but in the early days they specifically avoided that and you still have a bit of that lingering here. Now as well as John Steed's costume we of course we get Mike Gambit wearing some very nice 70s suits and looking very smart but of course we have to talk about Joanna Lumley's fabulous outfits as Purdy initially for the first series designed for her by Catherine Buckley and really became a thing these sort of like particular dresses or trouser suits that she could wear that also allowed her to do her very sort of athletic and balletic high kicks and of course she had a very famous short bobbed haircut created by the hairstylist John Frieda and the Purdy cut as it became known in in the UK at the time was somewhat of a sensation at the time Brian I can remember this you know her costumes were great but her haircut really made the front pages and the fashion pages and I remember even teachers at my school turning up with the Purdy cut very much as like you know 20 years later the the Rachel would become a sort of named haircut. Wow that's that's interesting. The Avengers also needed some distinctive cars, of course. Steed's classic Bentley appears alongside some more modern vehicles for Steed, the Range Rover. We also have Jaguar sports cars and a couple of Triumph TR7s. And you get Gambit and certainly Purdy having the nice fancy cars there too. 
Lori Johnson was back doing the soundtrack composition with some new theme music that makes some references to the the theme music from the later 1960s series, which was great. It helped bridge from the 60s stuff into the 70s stuff. They also had some animated titles, which were rather slick, that did not make it for the initial episode. So they had in the earlier episodes some clips from the, the TV episodes and so on. But they went to this this animated opening title sequence that lists Brian Clemens and Albert Fennell as producers and Laurie Johnson as composer right in the opening titles, which is something that you don't see very often and I think was part of them tying things back to the original in a very visible way. And it's very good to have them up there named on screen. And I'll just mention again, Brian, that those animated uh, introductions for the three main characters seemed incredibly cutting edge and exciting at the time even though now they look fairly straightforward yeah for sure it was a big deal to be using something like that that incorporated photographic images of the main characters and so on the first series of the new avengers ran for 13 episodes and they were broadcast starting october 22nd of 1976 and it was also broadcast in France, Canada, and the US. Of course, France and Canada, because they were co-backers of this series. We should probably mention, Brian, that the running order does vary in some regions. I think everybody can agree on the first episode. But as usual, with episodes that were mostly standalone, the running order would vary from place to place. That happened on ITV a lot in the 60s and 70s. Indeed. So they've got a successful first series that's, you know, obviously been broadcast abroad. It's been sold abroad. They come back for a second series of another 13 episodes. But production in television is a complicated business, it would seem, Brian. And particularly when we talk about an Avengers series, complications usually ensue. And it seems to be the second series where things start to go slightly wrong. Brian Clemens, at this stage, was developing his next series, the ITV series The Professionals, which would debut in 1977. And as a result, he probably had less time available to spend on the Avengers, the second series. And I noticed that there was also, of course, the French and Canadian backers had a number of sort of like, I suppose we'd say notes and suggestions after the first series. You could almost go to demands in a way, Brian. We had to have a new French designer wardrobe for Purdy. And of course, they wanted several episodes actually shot in both France and Canada. So the production moves about a bit for the second series. Yes, by the last four episodes, we end up with a sort of modified version of the show called The New Avengers in Canada, which was also, also interesting. But worth noting, while Brian Clemens was not doing as much on the production side, he still wrote a lot of episodes for the second series. And this was, in terms of the writing, very much a Brian Clemens dominated show for both series and we did have episodes from people like Dennis Spooner but we did sort of get that Avengers character in the writing very strongly because Clemens 
Rhodes was so heavily involved. Interesting, yeah. And we also had an issue where the various ITV broadcasters across the UK could not agree on a time slot for the second series. And we ended up with inconsistent broadcast scheduling and, you know, things got a little bit more troubled and it meant that we had our second series of the New Avengers, 13 episodes, and it did not continue after that. Always a slightly ominous sign for a series when it starts bouncing around the sort of broadcast times and days, Brian. Yes, of course, at that time, having an easy-to-find broadcast schedule, you know, slot in the schedule, was pretty important. And when it starts varying from region to region across the UK, that can make it harder for people to find it. Indeed. Well, while we talk about people finding this series, let's talk about availability and move into regions two where the release rights for the new avengers series are not surprisingly owned by a french production company studio canal they released an eight dvd box set in 2006 which i have here in front of me all the 26 episodes some extra commentary tracks both by gareth hunt and brian clemens Sadly, neither of them still with us, I'm afraid. I get the feeling that this is now out of print, but copies are still available. They're about £40 for the 8-disc box set, and I would suggest if you're after one that you probably get them quick because it does look like this is no longer in print, it seems. Now, it's not on Blu-ray. It's not streaming here in the UK. The DVD box set is available to rent from the rental site that one of our listeners turned us on to, Cinema Paradiso. So that's another way to get hold of it if the actual copies are starting to become few and far between. I wish I still had a rent-by-mail place available here, but I don't think Cinema Paradiso will ship overseas. No. In Region 1, there was a set of Region 1 DVDs DVDs, one for uh, Series 1 and one for Series 2, but those are long out of print and are now very expensive. I've seen them on Amazon.com ranging from $75 US to $150 US, and that's for one of the two series. And even more in Canada, I saw things floating around for $500 and things like that. However, the Region 2 box set is still available as an import. I've seen it recently for $31 US and $45 Canadian. Both of those are Amazon prices. Okay, so it is out there at least. So that will do it for our first episode. Please come back and join us for our second episode where we are, as promised, going to get to particularly some of the guest stars and the episodes they appeared in and maybe mention one or two particular episodes that stand out. Absolutely. We will also talk about some of the science fiction type content and some recurring plot devices that stand out in the New Avengers. And there's also some spin-offs from the New Avengers to cover as well. So there's almost too much for us to get to when we come back next time brian yes absolutely 
Until then, all of our Avengers coverage and all of our episodes are available on BritishInvaders.com. And if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our Facebook group and join in on some of the discussion there. Or you can follow us on Twitter and talk with us there too. Yes, best place to find us, Facebook and Twitter. Or you can also find us as part of the Voice of Geeks network at vognetwork.com. The Voice of Geeks is an association of podcasts and Twitch streaming and live gaming channels and general chat. Come along to the Voice of Geeks, tell them Brian name and said hello at vognetwork.com. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much. Until next time, Eamon in England also signing off. <laughs>